Well, hello there, and welcome to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. No phone calls today because we have this special pre-recorded broadcast just for you. So we want you to sit back and listen and learn because we have a fantastic guest with us. And I am solo today. Jerry will be back on our next live broadcast. But Ace McKay, he worked so hard. He's our producer to put this incredible episode together. So I'm not going to let our Take Two family members wait any longer. I'm going to introduce her because she is amazing and, and we share the same name. So be be uh, paying attention, the Take Two family. Uh, we've got another Debbie with us today. So let me start with um, her wonderful introduction with a mission to help other Catholic parents reorient their lives toward God and joyfully raise their children in the faith, David and Debbie Cowden have written a book entitled The Prayer Book for Tired Parents, Practical Ways to Grow in Love of God and Get Your Family to Heaven. David and Debbie live in Ohio with their four children, and they host an an incredible website called TiredCatholicParents.com. Debbie Cowden, welcome to Take Two. Debbie, thank you so much for having me. It's a thrill to be here. Oh, I've I've been watching you. I watch you so much on EWTN television. You do such a great job. But I love this book, um, Prayer Book for Tired Parents. And Debbie, I'm a bit older than you are. Um, We do share the the same name, Debbie, and it's a happy name. Debbie's a a happy name. You you have to say it with a smile on your face. Um, But I got to tell you, Debbie, as I was reading about uh, your, your prayer book, with um, that you wrote with your husband um, Dave, and also your website. I went to tiredcatholicparents.com. It remind it reminded me of raising my uh, kids, and now I'm a grandmother, Debbie. And I'll tell you what, I'm still tired. <laughs> so, what inspired you to write the prayer book for tired parents? Oh well, you know it's it's really just the fruit of being a tired parent and. My husband is a very practical guy. He likes to have concrete plans for how we're going to do things. And, you know, that that starts with the budget um, and it it goes through our family routines and our our whole life has become more structured. And we realized as tired parents that our prayer life was one area that was not very structured. And so in trying to come up with a plan for how we were realistically going to raise children to be saints in today's age, the idea just came to us. Really, I think it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit that that one, this is something that requires some intentional effort on our part, but then also that it's something that other parents are struggling with too. It's like the terms tired and parent go hand in hand. I've never met a parent who's not tired. And so we wanted to put together this book based on the wisdom of the church, the saints, EWTN founders, Mother Angelica, and the way that everything came together so perfectly was really a gift. So that's where it came from. And we hope that when parents are reading this book, that they're going to find encouragement and they're not going to feel like somebody is judging them for not doing all the right things. That's not it at all, Debbie. We want parents to to know that God called them to this vocation for their holiness and for their good and so that they can be saints in heaven. And um, we just help spell it out to take the guesswork out of it, um, (laughs) to make it a little Mm -hmm. easier for fellow tired parents. Many nurses and people in the hospital, they would say to me, don't worry about losing sleep or, you know, sleep deprivation. You know, God will give you extra time to to catch up. (laughs) I don't think I've ever caught up 
on sleep and but but I do believe that the blessings and the graces are there to to make it through. Do you address that in the book or in the prayers do, does it cover that about you know just being at peace with not not getting um you know even 5 hours of sleep a night? Exactly. Well, the the point that we make throughout the book is that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the Mm. only way that we can become saints is through the grace of God. In order to be able to accept that grace, that we have to be open to it. And so throughout the book, we talk about um, asking for the grace to desire holiness. And in fact, we have what's called the litany of the tired parent, which uh, somebody might notice is very, very similar to the litany of humility, where we're asking Jesus for the grace to desire this holiness. And if we as tired parents ask for that grace, we know that God will answer and he will give us that abundant grace. So you don't have to be a perfect parent. You don't have to have it all figured out right now. But with a willing spirit, you give God room to work. And that's that's the number one takeaway from the prayer book for tired parents. Sleep, more rest, uh, be at peace, um, be a joy-filled parent. I understand that. But uh, Debbie and her husband, David, they wrote this great book, this prayer book for tired parents. You can always visit them on uh, their website, uh, Catholic, tiredcatholicparents.com, tiredcatholicparents.com, or you can see Debbie on EWTN television. Um, so she's uh, just a delight, and she's always coming into our homes, and we love that. So Debbie, um, how is the book structured? Is it something that you have to pick up and and really go through from the beginning to the end, you it kind of, is it daily stuff in there? Or can you just, you know, let's say I'm, I'm having some good couple days and I don't really um, have to maybe lean on the prayer book. Can I just pick it back up a couple days later when I'm feeling <laughs> a little bit of a dip in my prayer routine? And then I'm like, oh, I need, I need some support here. Yes and yes. Uh, So so the primary way that we laid out this book was so that it could be a process that uh, couples can work through together to start to make a plan for really knocking out how we are going to be intentional about our prayer lives. Because the reality is you you only have a certain number of hours in the day. And if you don't make a schedule and if you don't have routines as a parent, you will quickly find the time slipping away. So this helps parents lay out really a a schedule or a format for how they want to make time for individual prayer, time together as a family, reading sacred scripture, going to daily mass together. But then also a huge part of the book is these prayers and reflections on the saints. So my husband and I wrote reflections on different saints whose charisms or whose lives are very relatable to fellow parents. So we have St. Gianna Mola and a prayer for married couples. Um, We have St. Monica and a prayer for the conversion of family members. We also have um, St. Therese and Mm. a prayer of a parent during a child's tantrum. And that is one of my favorite prayers because if you need a boost of encouragement during the day, while your child is having a... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hold it right there. (laughs) Hold it right there because you hear the music. We're going to have to hit the pause button. Let's pick up um, about these saints and the reflections when we come back with Debbie Cowden here on the pre-recorded broadcast of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. We'll be right back. We're speaking with Debbie Cowden today, and uh, this is a pre-recorded broadcast of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. 
Jerry will be back, but this pre-recorded broadcast is for you and for tired Catholic parents. But it's also for grandparents because you can pass this on to your children and maybe it will help them be joy-filled as they are raising their families. David and Debbie Cowden have four children. They're doing a great job. Uh, Debbie also is with EWTN, and we know her, we love her, we trust her, and their website is fantastic. I've been going through the website this whole entire time we've been speaking, tiredcatholicparents.com. But before we get back to our conversation with Debbie, let me just share a, a couple things with um, our listeners, because it's so important that we we highlight different programs for you because this way you can, you know, set your your clocks, your timers, your cell phones so that you can make sure if you can't be at uh, mass in person, then EWTN has you covered with mass on uh, television and radio. That's very important. So EWTN offers the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from Our Lady of the Angels Chapel live every morning at 8 Eastern Time, right after the Sunrise Morning Show. So don't miss out. We can send you a link to your email inbox every day. Just visit EWTN.com and click on subscribe. So Debbie, I'm, I'm so sorry you, you heard uh, the music there, so we just had to uh, quickly uh, hit the pause button, but pick up where you left off about the saints and the reflections that you and your husband, David, that you, uh, you know, wrote about in the book, in the prayer book, but, but why did you pick these certain saints? Did they have things going on when they were raising their families? Just tell us a little bit of the background story. Yeah, well, it was really hard to pick the saints that we picked for our book because there were so many that we could have chosen. And we have a little over 30 saints, and they all have something special about their lives or their mission that is very well suited to the lives of tired parents. So we have, um, we have, of course, a Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and a prayer for parents, but we have um, St. Gianna Mola and a prayer for married couples. We have a prayer of Saints Anne and Joachim for couples who are struggling with infertility. St. Elizabeth of Portugal and a prayer for the healing of family rifts. We've also got a prayer for the person who sanctifies you, a prayer in thanksgiving for groceries, a prayer for your parish priest, for chastity for the entire family, a prayer for the completion of housework. And we also have um, one of my favorite prayers is uh, it's a reflection on St. Therese of Lisieux and a prayer of a parent during a child's tantrum. And throughout the book, we talk about ways that you can make every moment of your day a prayer. And I'll tell you what, when your child is in the middle of a full-blown meltdown, this is your opportunity not to lose it, but to use it to become a saint. So when your child is having a meltdown and they're throwing themselves on the floor like all is lost, which is what we hear from St. Zaley Martin, St. Therese's mom, that St. Therese used to do when she was a little girl. She would throw these huge fits and just writhe around on the floor as though all was lost. It's in that moment that you can pray for your child that that she may become a saint. And you pray for yourself as well for patience, for gentleness, for the grace to be able to disciple your child in that moment. So really in parenthood, it's it's not those extraordinary moments where um, you know you're you're martyred for your faith or you write this great book or you know your your child becomes pope. Those things are great. It's the everyday moments that you as a parent are transformed into a saint. And that's what these reflections do. So when it comes to when it came to making the the list and writing the reflections, we had 
like 60 saints, Debbie. I mean, there were so many and we basically had to cut it in half. Um, But as we were writing these prayers, they really just came from our heart. And we have heard from fellow parents that they felt that this prayer, this particular prayer was written for them, or this was exactly what they needed to hear in the moment. So please, by all means, we want you to be able to work through the book to start developing these healthy uh, habits and these routines of prayer and growing in your love of God, but also for the, uh, the SOS moments where you're feeling helpless and you need a bit of encouragement and a bit of hope. You can open this book and you can Pray the prayer of St. Lawrence when everything is going up in flames. That one's in there. That's one of my favorites. Wow. I really needed this book many years ago. I'm just telling you. <laughs> because well, as you were speaking, you know, I said at the beginning of this broadcast that the, the name Debbie is a happy name. That's what I, that's what I read. Um, and it is true. When you say the, the name Debbie, you, you kind of have a smile, a little bit of a smile on your face because it's one of those happy, cheerful names. Um, And I don't know if you know this about me, Debbie, but um, I think I have a pretty good sense of humor. So as you were um, talking about when you were having, you know, that child that has the temper tantrums or their, you know, very free-spirited child that doesn't really maybe listen very well um, to, to the, you know, the ground rules of the house and stuff like that. And then you said, you know, you can pull out this incredible prayer book you know, to really help you grow in holiness and to understand things and to look at the bigger picture. The whole time I was thinking, and then if all else fails, you can just throw the book at them. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I'm just teasing. But you know what I'm saying, Debbie, because sometimes when you're in the middle of like a two or three-year-old just losing it, it, it is very hard to hold it together and maintain composure and you know, be thinking of prayer. So uh, that's why I'm telling you, I really think everybody should get this book. I needed this book many years ago. No, it's true, though. You know, you know how it is. It's just that the um, blood pressure is rising, especially if you're out in public. You know, if you're if your two or three year old throws a tantrum out in public, that is really that's tough, right? Yeah, but that's the time when saints are made. And, you know, we in the book lean so much on the spirituality of Mother Angelica, too. And even Mother Angelica wasn't even a parent, and she struggled to be patient. And so we can give ourselves a little bit of grace as well. And and we we lean into that wisdom that she shares in her books and in her shows, and we include that in the book. So Mm -hmm. when you're reading the prayer book for tired parents, you're also getting the heart of another mother, and that's Mother Angelica. And, in fact, Mm -hmm. she says... We, we mentioned in the book that when you're struggling to be patient, Mother Angelica says, When I was a young novice, I used to pray in the early morning, Dear Lord, today I am going to be patient come hell or high water. And by nine o'clock came hell and high water. I blew it. And then she says, Patience is adjusting your time to God's right. timing. And so it's those little nuggets. We've got to be able to laugh at ourselves as parents, too, because sometimes yeah. we, we take it too seriously and we put too much pressure on ourselves when really God is giving us these moments to show us his goodness and also to show us our own spiritual infancy as well. I mean, how many times has God lost his patience with me? I don't know. He's had plenty of reasons to. But, <laughs> but he loves us and he's gentle with us and he's merciful and he shows us the way. And as parents, yeah. it's our job to show our children the way. And when you're needing a little bit of help with that, (laughs) if you're thinking like, I can barely keep them clothed and fed and like wash behind their ears and keep Mm -hmm. up with the laundry and stuff, how am I supposed to also take them to daily mass or make time for adoration with them or even just have time to pray the rosary together as a family? You absolutely can do it. And 
Dave and I want to show parents, not just through the prayer book for tired parents, but through our own lives as well, because we've been trying to get to Mass every day. We've got a a young daughter who just made her um, First Holy Communion this summer, and we have been working up to getting to daily Mass every day for her holiness, and it's changed us as well. So it, it takes work, and it's hard. Of course it's hard, but it's not impossible. It's what we were made for. I get really passionate about this, Debbie. I can tell, and I love it. And I, you've got me thinking because, you know, I, I have a few um, friends whose um, kids now, because I, like I said, I, I'm a grandmother now, um, they, their kids are, are expecting. And I'm wondering, is this a good book to give when somebody is expecting a child, or should you wait until after they've gone through a few nights of not getting any sleep, and then you say, hey, here's a good book. <laughs> here's a great book for you. What, what do you suggest? I think it makes a great baby shower present because that at least gives them a time to to prime themselves that their whole lives are going to change. I mean, you say that you wish you had this book when you were a mom. Mm-hmm. I wish I mm-hmm. had this book too. I wish I had it seven years ago when when I was a first-time mom and I thought that I was a good Catholic because I worked at EWTN and my husband served Mass at EWTN and I was a lifelong Catholic and I thought I knew all my prayers and I, I thought I knew everything as a Catholic and that it was just going to transition seamlessly into parenthood, but that's not the case at all because you have so many spiritual powers waging against you because the devil wants the soul of your children. He really does. And he's going to use those little moments of weakness as parents to pull you away and say, oh, well, we don't need to pray the rosary tonight, or I'm just going to stay home from mass because I'm tired, or, you know, I can't go to confession because, you know, I've got a baby with me or whatever. These little excuses, they chip away at our holiness and they, they chip away at our relationship with God. And so we have to equip parents as early as possible, God willing, like best case scenario before they even have their first baby so that they mm-hmm. can start to prepare themselves for this this radical journey of parenthood because it's not just our own souls that are at stake, but it's our children's as well. And they, these children are entrusted to us and we've got to be prepared. So mm-hmm. yes, Debbie, absolutely. Get this book before before the baby comes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely is right. Um, We're speaking with Debbie Cowden. She is, um, her and her husband are the authors of this incredible book. Everybody needs to get it. Okay, I'm just saying the prayer book for tired parents, practical ways to grow in love of God and get your family to heaven. David and Debbie, um, they live in Ohio with their four children, and you've seen Debbie on EWTN television. She does a great job with EWTN. But Debbie put this book together with her husband, and this is important, folks, so get it as a gift. Um, I'm assuming you can get it at EWTNRC.com, correct? You absolutely can. And you know what? And the beauty of the Take Two family, Debbie, is that when we do these special pre-recorded broadcasts with new content like we're talking today, um, our Take Two family, they jump on it. They go to EWTNRC. They order. We know that. Um, we've heard that from um, on social media when you guys post and you say, hey, I just got my prayer book, and you start posting pictures of it and sharing some of the comments, and it's just wonderful. So I love the Take-Two family. We journey together, and that's why we do these special episodes. Um, Ace McKay, our producer, works very hard behind the scenes to put these together, and so we're so grateful to him. But Debbie, you're making time for us, and this is important. And just for the record, I need to say this. I know I don't have to, but 
we have new listeners each and every time we broadcast Take Two. I just want to say that I never threw a, a book. I never tossed a book <laughs> at my children. Never, ever, ever. And I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I never did. But I will tell you, um, I used to crack up at my kids all the time. Like sometimes we would be out in public, Debbie, and my kids would do something just, you know, they would say like the most inappropriate things or something like that. And then, and then a stranger would say to me, is that your child? And I say, no, I've never seen that child before in my life. And, and, <laughs> And even though my son looked just like me, I would, I would, you know, very, um, you know, strongly deny that I was his mother at that moment. And then afterwards, when we would be walking out to the car, my son would say, Mom, why did you do that again? I said, I'm going to continue to do that as you continue to act the way you're acting. <laughs> it's a joke. But my kids, they have a good sense of humor. You know, you got to keep a sense of humor, Debbie. What do you, do you have that in the book? Yes, I, I hope that people see our sense of humor throughout the book too. And also again, Mother Angelica's sense of humor and the humor of the saints as well. Because the, the reality is Mother Angelica says that the only tragedy in life is sin. And you know, God, God has given us this vocation. He's given us our, our marriage and he's given us each of our children and they truly are a gift. And sometimes when we're in the throes of parenthood, I know I'm guilty of this too. It's easy to get sucked into things that are going wrong, things mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the, the kids are whining about X, Y, and Z. I've got so much to do. Um, the laundry and the dishes keep piling up. It's easy to get weighed down by all of that and lose that sense of joy and peace. And we want parents to be joyful in their vocation. And we want children to be able to see the joy of marriage and the good fruits of marriage as well. And so I do hope that the prayer book for tired parents helps to reorient a parent's life toward God and seeing the big picture and things that when everything is going up in flames and you know, when the baby's pooped all over and the dog's you know, whatever dogs do <laughs> when yeah, everything yeah. is just a mess, that it's good and that it's beautiful and that this moment will pass. Mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. that we get, we get to choose how we respond in those moments. Are we going to respond with patience and gentleness or are we going to respond with anger and frustration? And Dave and I have more and more, you know, now that we have four kids have been working to respond with love and gentleness to our children, especially in those hard moments. And it makes a big difference for the entire family, not just, yeah. not just the kids, but it changes us too. And so we hope that this offers a new perspective for parents that yes, parenthood is hard, but it doesn't have to be miserable. Right, <laughs> and there, right. there is so much good that can come from it. Yeah. But Debbie, that's a really good point. It, 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 things that are hard or difficult, you can still find the joy. You can still find the peace, the, the laughter, the excitement, the adventure. I think, it, I think when we have that curiosity and going into different things, different circumstances with our children, it makes it just an enjoyable experience. If we look at it as an obligation, tell me if you agree with this. If we look at it as an obligation, it just becomes something that we're always looking for the problems and the things that are really um, making us feel down or depressed. or And that's, that's not a good way to, I think, to get through life in general, just in general. And then you add kids to it. You've got to make it kind of an, an adventure. But wait a minute, before you answer that, 
uh, let me just let me let me just share this. Ace McKay is right on top of things with um, keeping time for this wonderful pre-recorded episode. And um, as you can hear uh, the music, our theme song for Take Two. We're gonna hit the pause button one more time, Debbie. When we come back, maybe you can talk about that. About you know enjoying the the journey, enjoying the the adventure with our children because they grow up very very fast. So stay with us, Take Two family, for this wonderful conversation we're having with Debbie Cowden. She is the um, author of this great prayer book for tired parents. We'll be right back. We're so glad you stayed with us. This is an incredible conversation we're having with Debbie Cowden. She is the author with her husband of the prayer book for tired parents. Please, folks, you got to get it, EWTNRC.com. I've already obtained my copies. That's right, plural, many copies. I'm going to be handing them out. I, I, I love this idea of this book. It's perfect. And, and we're talking with Debbie about uh, enjoying the journey, the adventure of raising kids. Debbie, my, my late mom, Connie, she had six kids. I was the youngest of six. She used to say to me all the time, Debbie, close your eyes. Now open your eyes. That's how quick life goes. And it is so true. I mean, I turned around and the next thing I knew, my kids were driving cars. And I was like, what happened? It goes so fast. So tell us a little bit about that that's in the book, you know, and how do you and your husband, David, how do you enjoy the adventure, the journey? Well, I will agree completely that the time goes by so quickly. I mean, I feel like it was just the other day that I was holding my first baby in my arms and everything was changing then, but now we've got our fourth baby here. Praise God. Uh, but it does go so quickly. And, you know, you can take those those moments throughout the day and you can waste them or you can let them slide by. You can blink and they're gone. Or you can thank God for those moments. And it's in it's in First Thessalonians that St. Paul tells us to, in all circumstances, give thanks. And so in the prayer book for tired parents, Dave and I have what's called, um, it's a section where we're talking about offering joys and sufferings. So we have made a calendar in our home, and for each day of the month, we write down the name of a person. And this could be somebody who is alive or somebody who has passed away. And we commit to offering all of our joys and sufferings of the day for this person. And that can be the the good things like you wake up and and the sun is peeking into your window and it's a beautiful day. You can offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God for his goodness. Or if you wake up and it's a thunderstorm and your family planned a picnic at the park, you can offer your disappointment for, say, a soul in purgatory or for the conversion of a loved one. If your day is going smoothly and, you know, you're right on track with your schedule and everything's going really well, you can offer that joy up to God. If your, you know, your baby says his or her first word or takes their first steps, you offer that joy up because then you remember that this is not this is not some isolated happy moment. That this is a gift that God has given you. And when you offer it up for somebody else, especially those hard moments, then it changes your perspective on things. So, we have a we have a family friend whose 7-year-old son has cancer. And obviously very devastating diagnosis. It's been very hard on their family. And my seven-year-old daughter has stepped up and she has been offering her days for him. She's been offering her Holy Communion for him and her mass intention for him. And it puts everything in perspective because you realize that something as devastating as a childhood cancer diagnosis cannot rob you of your joy. 
if you recognize that God allows all of this for his glory. And when you have that peace, they, it, they say the peace that surpasses all understanding, that changes parenthood completely. So we really do try to find the silver lining, lean into the suffering, offer it up, and trust in God's goodness, that there is something good that can come from this, even if we can't see it at the time. So a couple things I wanted to ask you, and I I remember you're making me walk down memory lane. And actually, you know, I started out uh, giggling and just laughing about my own kids in raising them. But now I'm getting very emotional because you're making me go deeper and thinking about how how adorable these kids are. And you talked about, you know... Uh, kids with um, childhood cancer and things like that. Tell, tell me, Debbie, because I um, many years ago, I volunteered at a children's hospital. And I noticed that the kids that were given these really serious, um, you know, um, situations, uh, health situ- situations that they could grasp at their level, um, they seem to still be able to be so optimistic and joy filled. And, you know, they just wanted to play and just be in the moment. And it was so beautiful the way children were handling these serious medical conditions. Um, and, and then you were you were talking about, you know, your own children and, 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 and relating to other kids who've had, you know, serious health issues. It's very interesting the way kids can always seem to bounce back and to be positive. I love that about children children. And, and we know that God wants us to be more like that, right? Um, do you have that in the book? Or is there something that points to that to just to remind parents, you know, that, that kids are kids are doing it well. It's, it's us parents that need to kind of learn from the kids. Absolutely. Well, and we have a reflection on St. Casito and St. Jose Sanchez del Rio and a prayer mm-hmm. of courage for children. So St. Jose Sanchez del Rio especially has become one of my kids' favorite saints because he was so brave. He, he lived during the Cristero movement, the Cristero Wars in Mexico, and he saw the persecution that was happening in, in his town and that his brothers, his older brothers were so willing to go to war to defend their faith and defend their family. And he wanted to go too. And his mom tried to stop him, but he eventually persuaded her. So this little 14 year old boy is willing to literally go to his death for his faith. Um, very similar with St. Casito did not forsake his faith. Um, and and the, the battle cry of the Cristeros is Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. And my children have adopted that as, as sort of a battle cry for when things are not going well or when they see the evil is happening around them because, you know, my, my seven-year-old is, is becoming more aware of the evil that is going on around us in the world. And she doesn't seem afraid. Mm-hmm. And and even even my five-year-old son will say, my almost five-year-old son will say, we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Or our guardian angels are always with us. We don't have to be afraid. And our kids know that with, with the, the witness of the martyrs, if they're ever called to martyrdom, they don't have to be afraid if they love Jesus most. Right. And so I'm inspired by that that purity and that innocence of our children, they just know that we don't have to be afraid because Mm -hmm. God is with us. And I have goosebumps, Debbie, just thinking about it because because it's so simple. It's Mm -hmm. so 
simple, but we make it so complicated and and we think that we have to do things a certain way, um, you know, that we have to check off all of these boxes, but that's not it. God doesn't Mm -hmm. ask us to do things perfectly. He asks us us to love him. And that's why we say for the title of our book, uh, Practical Ways to Grow in Love of God. Because Mm -hmm. if you're working on your relationship with God and you're trying to love him more, then that's when these things fall into place. It's not always perfect, but God doesn't ask that of us. Right. You're making me think of uh, St. Padre Pio. Five years old. He was five years old when he gave his life to God. Okay, five years old. How did he know to do that? Um, he was talking to his guardian angel when he was a little boy. Um, you, you, I, you're making me think of Blessed Carlo Acutis. He knew the catechism inside and out by age 13. I mean, Debbie, that you're talking, these are amazing stories of the youth that have this, you know, incredible wisdom beyond their years. I, I mean, we, we must learn from our children and really, um, you know, honor our children. And it, it's incredible. In fact, Blessed Carlo Acutis brought his mother back into the faith. Um, so yeah, these stories are amazing. I'm so glad that you brought the saints into your prayer book. Um, that you wrote with your husband David and and folks, if you're if you just tuned in, this is a pre-recorded broadcast of Take Two, new content for you, so you can go and get your book right away at ewtnrc.com. The name of the book is The Prayer Book for Tired Parents: Practical Ways to Grow in in Love of God and Get Your Family to Heaven. That's the name of the game: Get Your Family to Heaven. And uh, Debbie, I think Jerry Usher is going to be a little bit jealous. Uh, because um, our new addition to your family is our the ba- our baby girl, right? And her name is Dorothy, which was Jerry's mother's name. Yes, we we decided to name our youngest daughter after Dave's um, after Dave's grandmother and his mom and sister, and also the Blessed Mother. So her name is Dorothy Ann Marie, and really that just it pulls it all together. The the names are so important to us, both the family names and also the names of the saints too, because we want our children to um, understand and appreciate their family heritage and their Catholic heritage as well. And so, really, for every part of our lives, we are trying to weave in our faith. And we do that through the naming of our children, through asking for the intercession of the saints, uh, through surrounding our children with holy reminders, as Mother Angelica called them, the sacramentals in our home, the sacred art. We're trying to build up this culture of Catholicism and this this um, this atmosphere of prayer in our domestic church. And we talk about that in the prayer book for tired parents as well. Um, so we, we talk about some specific holy reminders that parents can have in their home or that fam- families can have in their home, ways to uh, make your own prayer table, to cultivate a, um, that environment for your children. And we just want our kids to be 100% Catholic. We say in the book, Catholic 24-7. <laughs> I love that. I'm just curious. Do, uh, can you share your middle name? What's your middle name? I'm just. I'm always with Debbie. It's always a short middle name. That's typically yeah. what it is. I'm Deborah Lee. Deborah Lee. Okay. That that is. It's so interesting because I every everywhere I go, I, I'll say when I meet a Deborah, I'll say, "Is it Deborah Lynn, Deborah Lee, or Deborah Ann?" And the, and they'll usually <laughs> pick one, one of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My mine is Ann. So there you go. Isn't that that's too funny? I love this. I can talk to you forever. 
forever, Debbie. I just love you, and I love what you're doing with your husband and the ministry work, and you're just just a wonderful wife and mother, and um, you're in, in the ministry of really uh, sharing the gospel message, and that is so important. But before um, we continue with this conversation uh, for this wonderful Take Two episode, let me just share with our listeners uh, more prayer, okay? And this is important um, to the Take Two family, the EWTN Rosary. So EWTN Radio brings you the Holy Rosary twice each day. So you have no excuses, folks, twice each day for over 25 years. Tune in every morning at 5.30 a.m. Eastern for Mother Angelica. We were talking about Mother Angelica. She had a great sense of humor. And every evening at 9.30 p.m. Eastern with Father Benedict Groeschel, only on EWTN Radio. You know, Debbie, that's another thing. Let me just, because you work at EWTN, so you're, you're you know, completely familiar with how it works. And I love the fact that EWTN has us covered in with uh, the devotionals. You know, we can, we can watch Mass or listen to Mass. We can pray the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. I mean, there's, it goes on and on and on. And so we really, you know, in this day and age, would you agree with this, Debbie? I think you're going to agree. We don't really have an excuse. I mean, we can't really say, well, you know, I couldn't get get to this or I couldn't get to that. We we even have online adoration. Okay, so if you have a cell phone, you pretty much can stay connected 24 hours a day. What what do you say to that for those tired parents? I agree completely. And uh, I manage EWTN's main social media pages. And one thing that we try to do all the time, every single day basically, is promote our on-demand platform. So it's it's an online streaming service where you can watch thousands and thousands of EWTN shows, but you also can listen to and pray along with the devotion. So the Chaplet of St. Michael, um, Vespers and Benediction, the Stations of the Cross, the Rosary. If you miss Mass at the live time or any of the encores, you can tune in to Daily Mass and, and pray along on demand any time of the day. And you can do that on your smart TV, on your computer, or like you said, on your phone. So if you have internet access, you can get EWTN anywhere, anytime. And that's great for tired parents because there are times where I'll be folding a load of laundry and I just turn on the rosary with Mother Angelica. Mm-hmm. And it yep. makes folding the laundry a lot more peaceful. <laughs> and I even, so I asked a priest, there was one occasion where, you know, I was I was watching daily mass, but I was also folding laundry. And I said, is it okay to fold laundry while, while the mass is on? And he says, yes, we're happy you're here. And I'm like, yes, mm, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you have to, you have to be really diligent with your time, but also you're, you're telling God just by, just by putting the daily mass on. You're telling yeah. him, I want to give you my attention. I know that I also have responsibilities at home that I need to take care of, but I also want to give you my time and my heart. Yeah. 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 I love that. You know, I have to brag a little bit. Um, um, my youngest son, um, he, he, his name is Matthew. So, you know, he's a, a gift of God. That's why I named him. He was a, a miracle for us because he was a post-cancer baby. And... Um, Matthew uh, used to always fall asleep the moment we walked into church, Debbie. It was it was hilarious. Everybody at church would crack up because they would say, here goes Matthew, he's going to fall asleep. And he w- we would go into Mass, he would fall asleep, and then we'd leave Mass and he'd wake up. 
And I said to the pastor, I said, Father, you know, what am I, what, what should I do? I cannot get Matthew to, to <laughs> stay awake. He said, Debbie, don't. Just let him sleep. He's absorbing everything. I said, Father, you don't understand. He's probably just using the, the great music, you know, and just, and he's falling asleep. He's just thinking he's taking a nap. And he said, Debbie, don't worry. I said, okay, Father. And I was the religious education director. And would, wouldn't you know it, Debbie, when Matthew was four and five years old, this is a true statement and a true story. I would take him to religious education every single week. He would sit on the steps in the community center and just watch me as I was teaching to a big, huge group of um, young adults, um, not young adults, I'm sorry, junior high and high school age. I, I did teach uh, young adults, but anyway, uh, junior high and high school. And do you know, Debbie, that every time I would ask a question about the faith, and the kids would even hesitate to answer, my son Matthew would blurt out the answer. He was four and five and six years old. He would blurt out the answer. So much so that I had to say, Matthew, you need to stop answering the questions. These aren't for you. <laughs> and he knew everything. He had absorbed everything, Debbie, as he was sleeping all the time. Isn't that amazing that our children can absorb that? What a gift. What a gift. Mm -hmm. And we can't, we can't forget, too, that when we bring our children to Mass, even if they're asleep the whole time, they're there. Mm -hmm. And they're receiving the graces for being there. You're receiving the graces as a parent for bringing them there. But also, their guardian angels are there, too. That's right. And so you can, you can thank God for the gift of their guardian angels and thank the guardian angels for watching over your children. And you can rejoice that your guardian angels are there with you at Mass. And so you look for those you look for those opportunities as a parent you may say well you know what's the point in bringing them anyways they're asleep but we know that there's more that goes on that we can't mm -hmm. see behind that mm -hmm. veil and Dave and I feel really passionately about bringing your kids to daily mass because that's something where we made all of the excuses for why we just couldn't do it you know we had multiple kids you know it was we were coming right out of the pandemic and um, it was really hard to get the kids to Sunday mass after COVID when the churches opened up again. And we just thought, well, maybe, maybe we just need to go separately and we'll just leave the kids at home and take turns going to mass. And that felt so wrong to say out loud. Right. And Dave in his, in his brilliance and in his wisdom, Dave really is a wonderful man. He had this idea. He says, why don't we start taking them to daily mass? And I looked at him and I was a little bit angry and I'm like, are you crazy? We can barely get through Sunday mass. But he was onto something, Debbie, because we realized that when we started taking them to daily mass, which by the way, has fewer people, it's shorter, right. it's mm -hmm. quieter. It's usually at a better time of the day for us anyways. Our kids were able to absorb so much more because there were no distractions or there were fewer distractions. They felt a little bit more freedom and they could feel that we were not as stressed out being mm -hmm. at mass and they could see what was going on. They started to develop a little friendship with the priests who would wave at them or smile at them when they were giving them a blessing at communion. And it became a good experience for us. And now I can't imagine what our life would be like without daily mass. Like if we have to miss for whatever reason, if somebody is sick or things are just not working out, it, it hurts a little bit to not be able to go after we originally thought that there was no way that was going to happen. And our kids used to fight us to get ready, but now they don't. And now they look forward to it. And even our little three-year-old says, can I go to mass too? 
Oh. And she gets oh. excited. She says, yay. And she says, oh. Jesus, I love you. And you see them come in and they, yeah. they bless themselves with the holy water. They genuflect. And then, you know, I hear my, my four-year-old son right before Holy Communion praying, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I love you so much. And then he comes back from receiving his blessing. And he says, Jesus, I love you in the Eucharist. And he just prays these oh. prayers. And I feel a weight on my heart because I can't help but think, what if I had let my excuses prevent him from being here? If I were just to say, you know, oh, I worked the whole day, I'm tired, I just need to unwind, or, you know, there's no way we can get to Mass for X, Y, and Z reasons. We really had to work hard to overcome those excuses. And God truly has shown us (laughs) that Mm -hmm. if if we can trust him and if we can pave a way for our family then there's there's good that can come from it. And that's why we, we talk about making a schedule and making a plan because it's Dave actually who is the one who was going through. He was Googling all of the churches in our area looking for the mass times that were most conducive to our schedule. He was Googling confession times because he works on Saturday. So it was very easy for us to say, oh, we can't go to confession on Saturdays because Dave works. And he was able to really map out a way for us to be able to get to mass every day. And sometimes we have to drive a little bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to go to Spanish mass and Debbie, we do not speak Spanish, <laughs> but, right. but sometimes we, we go to Spanish mass because that's, that's our option for receiving sure. Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's so good to see kids at mass. And I, I just want to encourage parents if you're, if you're on the fence about it, or if you, you have some obstacle in your heart that you think is keeping you from getting to daily mass, knock it down, get them mm-hmm. there. You will not regret it. Mm-hmm. Thanks I for listening say, to my TED talk. Oh no, I love it. <laughs> That's a great TED talk. I, I love it. But you know what, Debbie, I agree with you. Um, Marty and I, my husband, we go to the Spanish mass too. And we love, we, we're trying to learn Spanish. And so it, it really does. It's wonderful. It's a win-win. We, we love it. And, and you see a ton of children and I love that. Okay. So I get to Ohio uh, two or three times. I'm, I live in Arizona, but I get to Ohio two or three times a year. So, okay, Debbie. Debbie, I would babysit your kids. I think they sound so <laughs> sweet. They so we mentioned Dorothy, the the baby baby of the family. So tell us the uh, the ages of and and uh, the names of your other children. Yes, Francis Claire is three years old. Anthony David is almost five, and Gianna Lee, so she has my middle name, is mm-hmm. seven. Wow. And wow. they're a lot of fun. I mean, this is such this is such a great age. You know, I, I have people telling me, "Oh, just wait until they're teenagers." But you know what? I look forward to it because I have also I've also heard parents say that the teenage years can be some of the best years. We as parents just have to know how yeah. to respect our kids and how to disciple them and how to work on that relationship with them. So I'm right. looking forward to it. God has blessed us mm-hmm. so much already, and um, and I'm I'm just so grateful for our beautiful family. Oh yeah, I loved the teenage teenage years. My son was a great driver, and I used to have him drive me around everywhere. I would say, "I'm going to the store now. Can you take me to the store?" I had my own personal <laughs> driver. It was great. <laughs> you got to keep that sense of humor. Okay, so we just have a couple minutes left, um, Debbie, and I just wanted to share with our listeners um, a couple tools and tips uh, for those uh, parents that just feel exhausted. Any final? tips you can give them um, because they and even if if you're not a tired parent you can pass it on to a parent that looks tired 
Absolutely. The first thing that we want families to do is to enthrone Jesus as king of their home. And you can do the Sacred Heart Enthronement uh, process through enthronehisheart.com. We talk about that in the book as well. Consecrate your children to Jesus through the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. We talk about that in the book as well. Surround yourself with sacramentals. Focus on loving God and entrust your children to the Blessed Mother. And then have that sense of humor. Just know that everything that is happening to you is for your holiness. And be patient with yourself. You can do this. And uh, for the times that you mess up, don't be afraid to run to confession. Mm-hmm. Oh, Those I are love my big that. takeaways. Oh, great takeaways. You're, you are amazing. Debbie Cowden, you are incredible. We love you so very much. Tell Dave we're sorry he missed this great conversation. I'm sorry Jerry missed it, but you know what? The good news is they could uh, catch the uh, um, recording because it's it's there and it'll be on social media and the podcast, and that's great. Um, so we ask our Take-Two family, after you got finished listening to this great conversation with, with Debbie, who's the author of the great book, I'm going to say great because it is, and I'm getting many books. I'm going to give them out. The prayer book for tired parents, practical ways to grow in love of God and get your family to heaven. You can find it right now. Go there quickly to EWTNRC.com. And when you, you're finished listening to this pre-recorded episode, please, please, please pass it on. Pass it to your friends, um, your, your um, grandchildren, any of, any of your neighbors, people in your parish community, Get on social media and say, hey, listen to this broadcast. This could really help you be a better parent. You know, it's so important that we support each other. That's the that's the mystical body of Christ in action. Debbie, please thank Dave uh, for writing this book with you. I think it's, it's just incredible. We'll have him back on hopefully in the future. And we know where to find you because you're at EWTN, so that's great. But Debbie, thank you so much for being with the Take-Two family. The one thing about take two um debbie is that we we talk about the good the bad the ugly and everything in between that's why we talked about getting frustrated and a sense of humor and being tired and you know everything because the last thing we want to do is paint this picture like oh everything is going to be perfect right and it's not but we can we can look at things it's it's all how we look at it and how we approach it right amen absolutely Well, thank you. God bless you. And thank you for all the work that you do. Thanks for being a great wife, a great mother, and you're you're a friend to all of us. We appreciate it so very much. Thank you, Ace McKay, our producer, for putting this great broadcast together. And until we meet again, have a beautiful and blessed day. We'll see you real soon.